Hey, everybody. Absolutely fantastic episode of The Morning Show today. We talk about captains from the Memeland ecosystem and their parabolic run, it seems, up to 7.5 ETH floor now, about 14000 US dollars. Uh, beyond that, we also talk about the price action on Moonbirds, the price action on Blocky Doge, which is the Dogecoin uh, founder's controversial NFT project. Uh, beyond that, we also interview Wildcard, the sponsor of the day's show. The founders of Wildcard Card are the founders of Words with Friends and worked on the Age of Empires video game. So gaming industry juggernauts now stepping into Web3. They've been working on this game Wildcard for about five years and are incorporating Web3 into it. So very exciting stuff. The claim for the free NFT today at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com slash claim is Wildcard10, all lowercase, Wildcard10. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I almost forgot how to do this job after not doing it for two days, but welcome to the NFT Morning Show. We run this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, technology, entertainment, gaming, finance, and just about everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., here with my co-host, Nifty Nick. He'll be on the show in just a few minutes. Easy Eats Bodega, the one and only day trader extraordinaire, the founder of the Bodago's NFT project, soon to be the number one collection on a blockchain near you the host of gmgm market talk among other hit web3 shows signal content creator extraordinaire formerly a coder sophisticated market participant the host of artist spotlight at the nifty absolutely love having her on the show wouldn't be able to do the show without her kicks he's got to join the twitter stage he is the intelligent degenerate himself. He's also the CEO of the Crypto Raiders Gaming Studio, the publishers of Cyber Stadium, which has just been gradually gaining traction. Love to see it. Was there an all-time high sale yesterday, Kicks? Yeah, all-time high Gladiator, dude. Incredible, Definitely man. Legendaries on it, so just uh, just an easy winner in the stadium. Hell yeah. Well, uh, look, the prize pool goes 100% to the players, and it seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. Over 200,000 US dollars in that prize pool, 100% for the players. Um, we also have, well, Clemente, producer extraordinaire, live from a hotel room. Love the team being decentralized and being in town here in New York City for the week of NFT NYC, but still ready to rock and roll from the hotels. Easy's looking great with his frame in the hotels. Uh, last but not least, we have. Buddy, Buddy, your bio just says, I hope P.O. is here because Nick doesn't even read these. Dude, I'm so glad to have you back. <laughs> okay. Did you come into town yesterday for NFT NYC, Buddy? Yeah, I didn't. I was with Easy. We hung out so hard. He had a hard, suit dude. on. He had a, a wizard pin and everything. Well, I got a wizard pin. What exactly does the wizard pin mean? P.O., P.O., we don't talk about the wizard pin. We don't? Keep it hush-hush. You got the pin. I got the pin. We'll see what happens. Look, ladies and gentlemen, today's show, I'm extremely excited to tell you, is sponsored by Wildcard. You're going to hear all about Wildcard. It's a PvP collectible card game. Yes. Oh, Kicks, you pumped? Yeah, dude. That's awesome. I love Wildcard. Hell yeah. Who made Wildcard Kicks? Or who makes Wildcard? Uh, the guy that made Age of Empires. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm blanking on the other game you made. Words with friends. friends. Yes, I, words with friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to communicate, like the uh, you know the 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 magnitude of this situation. We're so pumped about today's sponsor, Wildcard, uh, founders of literally words with friends uh, ever heard of it and the founders of age of empires i know you gaming people out there know age of empires i'm not a gaming person and i know age of empires uh, but obviously we're going to be talking about wild card those two games are in the past wild card is the present and future uh backed by paradigm and polygon the round was led by paradigm for 46 million bucks so it's going to be an absolute jam learning about wild card later in the show Paul's going to join us on YouTube to talk about it. Obviously, you'll hear it here on the Twitter stage. Also, uh, retweet the pinned tweet to the top on the top for a chance to win one of three allow list spots for their upcoming mint on 420. Nice. And we're going to pick the winner at the end of the show. I'll be minting this. No joke. I'll be well, or trying to mint it if I can get on the allow list or buying it on the secondary because this is no joke. This is wild card. The creators of Words with Friends and Age of Empires stepping into Web3. Uh, so, yeah, let's get this show on the road. We got the weather report hosted by Signal. Sig, how's it going? Yeah, going good, man. Excited to be in the Big Apple. Uh, went to a terrace yesterday. Like, I, I will never get over the heights of buildings here and just how high up you like you all live out here. It's just it's just so cool. This city just never gets boring. So I'm so excited to be here, guys. Anyway, I'm going to stop giving FOMO to the people who are not in New York. But GM everyone, Wednesday, the 12th of April, volume coming in at around 37 million. You got Blur at 25, OpenSea uh, down in the single figures at 9.4. On to leaders, you got Apes under 60. They're at 59.6. Mutants just under 13. Everything else looking pretty steady aside from captains obviously which is up at 7.5 d gods still holding 9.3 let's get into the story so over the past 24 hours you got obviously mvp and captains they've actually been up only for the past few weeks if you had bought in when night uh, when ray was on the show that would have been perfect timing there was even a dip down to four mvp has seen past sales at 58 ETH, so 100k that is board ape yacht club sale levels captains only 0.5 percent listed that floor of seven and a half and potatoes they're doing extremely well up at 3.4 as well Onto Reddit avatars. Reddit avatars third generation dropped yesterday. Despite some technical problems at the beginning, the popular artists immediately sold out. The drop has over 100 artists features. Some supply is obviously still there, but the popular artists have been trading at a premium, but maybe as not as high of a premium as people might have expected. Onto the DGen story of yesterday. The DGen mint yesterday was Blocky Doge 3. It was a free mint 10k avatar joke collection, which is meant to be a parody of Web3 NFT and NFT by the creator of Dogecoin. Yep, the team describes it as no rad, no roadmap, no utility, no anything, just ugly pixel drawings of degenerate dogs. That collection is sitting down at 0.06. And lastly, Moonbirds announced that the claim for the Mythic egg eggs starts on April 17th, so only a few days away from that. Mythics are going to be a 20k collection, which allows a nested birds to randomly receive a Mythic, and you're only going to have 25 hatch per day. A little bit of a noun sort of uh, mechanics happening there. 
And obviously oddities will be able to be burnt from Mythic at, at some point and Vault Floor on oddities is looking at 0.4. Crypto obviously holding nicely, still got uh, BTC at 30k. ETH down a bit, just gone below 1900, but Sol up at 23 and Ape doing extremely well at 4.3. So for today's forecast, it's going to be New York skies. They're looking clear, blue, and just a tiny little bit of clouds. Back to you, folks. Fantastic weather report as usual, Signal. And ladies and gentlemen, just want to prep you. We've been having some trouble with Twitter spaces since yesterday on the Bitcoin show yesterday afternoon. There were gnarly technical issues with Twitter spaces. So regardless, we're going to do our absolute best to keep this show running uninterrupted for the entire episode today. If something does go down, we are live on YouTube and I'll tweet out that link excessively if uh, the Twitter show is somehow negatively impacted. Updates from the newsletter, the Nifty Daily Digest. Subscribe at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. When you subscribe, you're also going to be making an account on that platform, which is the account that you're going to use to claim today's free NFT. So I don't want to hear that you didn't have time to make an account. Go make an account at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com right now if you want to claim the free NFT that we give away later on in the show. Anyway, updates from the newsletter, Truth Labs, the creators of Goblin Town and Illuminati NFT, updated the metadata. They uh, did a contract level upgrade that's going to enforce 5% creator royalties. We'll talk about that. I have to think that that's going to happen more and more. Cool Gats have announced that they are entering into a strategic partnership with Futureverse. Hmm aimed at bringing new products and experiences to the Cool Cats community as part of the partnership. Cool Cats and Futureverse have agreed to exchange minority equity interests. Hmm. Who talked about this over and over again and was told that it wasn't true and then it turned out to be true? Anyway, the highly anticipated Moonbirds Mythics egg claim will begin April 17th for Diamond Nested Moonbirds, which is unlocked after a Moonbird Moonbird has been nested for 360 days, so almost a full calendar year. Last but not least, Artifact releases their Season 1 lookbook ahead of the forging period starting April 24th with physicals expected to be shipped in Q4 2023. Uh, So we got a few stories to talk about, but I think the number one thing that I want to get into right off the bat is probably the captain's price action because that's the biggest story, I think, over the past 12 hours. Uh, Woke up to a 7.5 ETH floor I mean, easy, you know, no one's followed captains closer than you, I think. Uh, what What do you make of that? What do you make of the situation with captains price action? I'm not surprised. I think they're going to 10 ETH. That's been like my price target since I talked about him at three. You know, I texted you and Nick said, this is financial advice. Uh, it's never financial advice. But obviously I was like, something about this ecosystem feels really good. I actually did just add exposure to Cubs and... We made a play last night. Uh, I was talking to you at the NFT Now event and was like, hey, I think this might be a play. So we've, we've just been continuing to get exposure to everything that's in that market. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a crazy run. I think that, you know, Eastern money is definitely being attracted. And I think, are, are we going to see runs overnight over and over again? Most likely. That's when you start to see, like, the run-up. So the captain's run-up was actually a whale who had, I believe, 80 captains listed at seven. He was blur farming, right? 
Yep. And then he actually withdrew every single listing and sent all of his captains on quests to get maps. So he went from, I'm just blur farming to, I'm going to play the game. And that sent it. Um, so now that we broke all time high, I really, I genuinely think the next target for me is like the nine, one area, nine, two, push back to like eight, five, and then finally touch 10. Um, I do so for transparency. I do plan to exit around ten. Like at this point, like that's a two and a half x on size. So for me, especially in this type of market, like I'm totally fine taking four, four and a half ETH off the table, um, just because like it's a bear. So like, how often do you get those types of big wins? And I genuinely still believe that they're going to keep running. But for me, like I'd like to trade a system, and I think that if we can see that double digit, that's like the biggest mental number. So that's where I'm kind of like. Let's see what happens with it. Uh, I do think Potatoes is going to tail them as well. We've seen them trade at about 50% discount. But the residual like follow-up projects that are all in that general ecosystem, and we actually have Heat Dong minting today in about two hours, and that's like the next layer down. So we continue to see these people who are associated with Ray get price action across the projects and get excitement. Like All of Spirit Azuki's were bidding on Heat Dong, and no one was talking about it on Twitter. And then you go and look at like, Twitter in the East and they're all talking about it. So I'm like, okay, this is, I got to start tapping in and trying to figure out some other angles here. Cause the only thing that's pumping across the market is captains is Cubs is some of these plays. So for me, I'm trying to find other opportunities. We have the meme token coming up. A lot of people speculating on what's when, happen with when that. is that coming out? No date yet. So that's actually my biggest concern. Cause if we get that date, that's where like, even if we're not at 10, as soon as either the tokenomics drop or the date drops, I do plan to exit because that's usually when we see like that's a speculative aspect to sell the news event. Once the speculation stops, people have the details. I want to get out. Is there any possibility of these things like flipping mutant apes? Absolutely. And that's what's even crazier. Like say the tokenomics are great and people are even more excited for meme token to actually release. And that cuts cost basis down big. Then theoretically, like we could see these continue to run. Like it's the thing is people are like, what's the next big project? And it seems like Ray really gets it. Like he's he's emphasized many times, like nine gags his baby, but he's now since handed that over for another team to kind of manage. And this is his sole focus. So it's great when you have someone who's built a massive enterprise like nine gag to be all in on Web three. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I actually watched a clip of when Ray was on our show, and I, I just like didn't remember the conversation so vividly. But we published a clip the other day of Ray being on our show, and he said something really interesting. He talked about uh, he was like selling NFTs alone isn't a sustainable business. And I think a lot of people, you know, agree with that. I, I don't think that that's like a, uh, a crazy take. And he said, we want to build products that you have to use the token with, like the meme coin token. So if the NFTs you stake for the token and then you use the token for the products, you know, now we're talking. Have any products been announced? No. And the thing is like, the guy has a very successful social media platform, essentially with nine gag. It still gets hundreds of millions of daily active users. So for me, that's what like I continue to think is like, if someone can do it, Ray's going to figure out how. And my, like, obviously the only major concern is that like when projects launch a token, we haven't seen a ton of success, but what's to say that like, this isn't going to become the one, you know, like, well, ApeCoin's Apecoin successful, isn't it? I mean, if you bought Ape at $20, you're not calling it successful. You know, like, yeah, but that's, that's the issue is like, the, and if you look at the chart, it looks like the kicks is point at double black diamond. So, yes, it's successful in the sense that they've given an opportunity to drive value back to it with the mini games and everything. My like biggest concern is that, like, 
the people who buy meme at the all time high and the bitch and moan, you know, because that's always what happens. But the thing that I think is awesome is that Ray continues to show Binance listings, Coinbase International listings, and his goal is to just find hyper liquidity so that he can actually make sure this doesn't do that. So it's like if I'm betting on something to maybe be its own thing, it's this. And that's kind of why I'm like, I feel a little bit better about it. But I still think the sell the news event, because once people know how much meme they're getting, they're going to start doing the math to figure out, all right, I can sell my captain now for 80. And now my cost is already a 2x with the token I'm guaranteed. So they're going to start doing all the math where me, I'm like, I'd rather sell into that pump. And honestly, even probably get back in after the token drops, seeing like the the, the hype and speculation kind of cool off because it's a speculative market. So once you actually have that news event, the likelihood of it sustaining price is much slower. And that's where you try to find like another opportunity, which we're already seeing trickle down effects with Kungs and Cubs now gaining massive steam. They just rolled out their, their crew list and those things are up 70% over the last two weeks. So it's like there's all these other opportunities that I think if you just focus on like where is the same type of money going to flow to, you can find those opportunities. So if you're staking a captain now and accumulating maps, can you sell the captain and still get an allocation of the meme token? No, no. So the maps are tied to your captain, which gets you the meme token. But Got that's it. why like I really want to see the tokenomics. Because we'll know how much each rarity of map gets and how many tokens you can anticipate. And then someone who's way smarter than me is going to come out with like some 4D chess level math of what they expect the token to open up at. And then I'm going to be like, okay, sweet. This guy's way smarter than me. Now I'll actually start looking into so it. So it's kind of like uh, like Blur, what they did with the boxes. Like the maps are kind of similar. Like Very you, similar. You get like more coins for the rarer maps. That's cool. Kicks, yeah. did you, did you uh, tell us that you can't remember your unlock code for Twitter or for your iPhone? <laughs> I, think I, I think I remember it now, though. Okay. I'm try it in a second here. I, just, I didn't know if you were going to call to me, so I didn't want to like leave you hanging, you know? Well, you're, you're one of a kind, but yeah, I am going to throw to you. Uh, what do you make of what's going on with captains? Yeah, I think, I think it's really cool. I think Easy's spot on with his like trading mentality. Um, I think a lot of the reason why, you know, people are like staking these and holding on to these is to get the meme token. And so if, if you're a trader and that's your, that's your play, you want to really understand the tokenomics when it's going to release yada, 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 cause there's going to be big moves around that. Um, at the end of the day, it's like, what is the, what is the utility of the token? That's, that's the biggest challenge when it comes to doing these tokens and then also the tokenomics like how does how much inflation does it have how much is how much is coming out those two things are going to have a big factor on like how you want to play this but uh in terms of a trade you know easy crush this one out of the park you could have gotten in at four ETH, made a 2x 3.2 ETH was when i first shared it just saying just saying i think it was at 3.2 ETH for like a half a day <laughs> it's quick that's what right? i got it just saying i know i know for sure but uh, yeah, yeah but three four was four, the reoccurring eight. price. Four was the reoccurring one where like you yeah. actually could have sat on it, thought about it for a day or two, and then got in. I think Pio yeah. actually got in right at that four mark because that was like four and a half, three. But it went three to five, and then on that retrace was when I said to you guys like, "This feels really something about this feels right." Yeah, it was my cost yeah. basis is seven thousand USD, so it's a, a literal two x I think right now. Go ahead, Kex. I think Pio's also spot on with like understanding that. You know, like the NFT market, like why is Suzuki price the way it is? Is that because of a lot of East Asian, uh, you know, uh, holders that are really bullish on that? And is Ray attracting 
uh, like the same kind of audience with this product, like those kinds of things, like as we evolve as an NFT ecosystem, you have to kind of understand those those dynamics. I mean, people back in the day, people used to factor that into Bitcoin trading, right? Like it, that's allegedly how SBF made his money, but we all know he's just a scammer now. Uh, Clemente, something to chime in with? You're muted, buddy. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. <laughs> so, we're going to do a little... He's so, uh, he's so mad, dude. But yeah, dude, I, I think it's a great project. Also, I think Ray um, it just, just seems to really be passionate about trying to win in this space and, and trying to make the community win in this space. So I think that's awesome. He's also... There's a new class of... Uh, uh, founders that are coming out, right? Like it's like the class of 2022, if you want to call it that, right? We have like Frank, we have Luca, we have um, like Ray in there, uh, maybe the Cam Pie Pandas guy, right? Gotta so, like, add D gods, especially now that they're new on ETH. Like you're seeing this secondary level of new projects, and everyone says like yeah. the next bull won't be the old projects. But dude, think about it from this perspective. Someone said this to me last night, and it like actually shocked me. Memeland raised 10,000 ETH in the bear. They sold captains for one ETH at 10K supply. Damn. And the only way to get guaranteed was to hold three potatoes, which was six ETH equivalent. And literally, that equivalent has now made you way more cash. If you still hold those potatoes, yeah. they're now worth nine ETH. And you got a captain for one, which is worth seven. So now you're up 11 ETH if you just played the game. Like, the, the actual, and, and Memeland just got one of the biggest treasuries and pico bear doing that raise like it's actually crazy to think about when did when did captains launch again do you remember like the rough period of time was it january i think something like that i mean look the, the point the the thing to keep in mind is like yeah like even though it's a rough market there is enough liquidity where if something is deemed to be really high quality and like you know something worth speculating on it can attract crazy liquidity that's like the most insane thing in the nft space right now i'd say the diff the main difference between now and peak bull is that like you know if some uh, legacy brand or celebrity comes in. All those Soldier Boy just succeeded, uh, kind of. <laughs> Three um, collections in four days. Absolute wild man. What was the mint price on those? Point oh one. Yeah, so that's that's why. Because then it's <laughs> just he like made like thirty ETH. He sold fifteen hundred pieces, five hundred each at point oh one. Yeah. So like, what are you doing? It's it's a penny stock at this point. It's like betting on a sporting event at that point. It's not really the same thing as a one ETH sale on a meme land. Uh, but I mean on the captains. But regardless, okay. Well, locked out for five minutes now. Okay, there you go. He's locked out uh, of his Pio, phone. I think the other thing I want to call out is that uh, like we keep talking about the east side of the world and the money that's flowing in. Hong Kong in June is allowing residents to purchase crypto and NFT assets freely. They're like lifting regulations on it. And that's like a lot of like we have the Shanghai update going live tomorrow on ETH. A lot of people that I've talked likely think that that's priced in, which is a good sign. But the other key thing is new money that can now inflow without uh, like difficulty. It's going to be huge. And someone was actually just talking about it. Hong Kong just outlined that they plan to invest heavily in Web3 real-life events. So, like, there's a lot of big catalysts on the East. And, like, the gaming push is actually being led largely from the East, too, when it comes to NFTs and Web3. So, like, I continue to look at this and, like, where that interest is coming from. Like, Nexon is dropping. We got a ton of other key things. Dude, I cannot wait to dive into the wildcard conversation because I genuinely think gaming is going to be so big. And that's where, like, we're seeing a lot of really cool stuff kick off.
Oh yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. That also, all that you just said says to me that the Chinese government bought a ton of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other crypto stuff, and d- decided they'd accumulated enough. Just and- fucking juking the U.S., dude. Just like you know what I mean. Just digging while they're zagging. Yeah, now ah, they're, they're trying like to pump us. pump the bag by having their cus- you know, their uh, citizens, you know, buy in. Well, P.O., Nick's looking at apartments in New York City. He should be looking at apartments in Shanghai. You know what I mean? Or, or, don't, know. Even, don't even put it in his head, yeah. man. Don't even put it in he, his head. He'd clean up in China, dude. I think he'd have a good time. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to like, you know, put that into the world because he'll take you up on it. Uh, Signal, any, any thoughts on captains before we move on? No, I think like Easy has hit this so like so right on the nose with everything that he said um, in terms of what that team's been able to execute, um, and I think. I mean, we like we kind of touched upon it, but it, it it really is right. You've got that like class of 2022 founders who are now spurring the momentum for 2023, and um, I know this is like a slight bit of a tangent, but. I also think this is going to be having uh, happening in, in on the artist side as well. Like nothing to do with Nima. I'm just like artists. Yeah. We've had like we all know who the big <clears throat> we all know who the big artists are of 2021 and 2022. And I really think like the new um, up and coming emerging artists who might not have been as big 12 to 18 months ago are going to see the same effect happening later on this year. This this sort of like you know. Uh, fresh, like fresh seasonality, new founders, new teams will have the same effect on artists. And that's why I'm like very uh, sort of passionate about sort of making sure that the artists who are out there, the smaller names who you might not know, are actually having their names in the spotlight because they will have the same sort of positive trajectory when the bull comes and they'll also see momentum. So I think there's potential uh, returns across many pockets of this market as we go into 2023 and don't necessarily look at the same places all the time if, for example, you're already priced out. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll say. Sorry, Pio. I was just thinking because I was just reading the other day about how this same effect happens with tokens as well, right? Uh, it, it when you know uh, she makes a great point that it's going to work the same with artists. We just talked about it's working the same way with NFT projects. But like, out of the top ten tokens in 2017, like Bitcoin is one again, ETH is two again. Everything else in the top ten is just like down, down the ranks. You know what I mean? And in this. In this run, all of the crazy money to be made came from new bets. So like betting on AVAX, Solana, Polygon, right? Betting on uh, some other things I can't think of right now. But same kind of thing, right? The next run in tokens, like a lot of people are saying DeFi is like over. The next big run is going to be in like uh, AI tokens or whatever, right? Like with NFTs and with artists, it kind of works the same way. Like when there's a new cycle, people want to, get in on the ground floor on new stuff instead of buying last cycle's bags. Yeah, I mean we're going to we're going to see who emerges as the winners. I do like the idea of a new class. Uh look, if we move on, I want to touch on the blocky doge project that came out from the founder of Dogecoin. What the hell even is this thing and what has like what's Dude. going on? Dude, he did an AMA with Magic Eden and then an AMA with Thread Guy. And the two lines that stood out the most to me were, I don't care about cryptocurrency, followed immediately by, I don't care about NFTs. And this is his third NFT project. So here we are. Uh, and what was even like one of the wilder things I heard was he was like, everyone was like, yeah, so you must be like a millionaire because you made Dogecoin. And the guy goes, no, I sold all of it uh, for a 2015 Honda Accord. 
And everyone's like, what? I don't believe any of that. I don't believe any of the things that he said. Uh, that's such a weird, like, whole thing. I mean, it, did Blocky Doge do really well? Looks like it peaked at point one ETH. It's been arranged. It's not even doing well. I don't know. The advisors did really well, Pia. They dumped them all into the pump. <laughs> Why do people still do that weird structure of, like, like people have asked us in exchange for services for like weird Alec. I'm like, no, we like give you cash. Like you're doing a job, like you're a 1099 contractor. What's the cash amount you want to pay for the job? Like imagine if you went to like your job as like a software engineer or as an accountant and you're like, yeah, can I get an allocation of the blocky doge mint? Like shut up. Tell me what you have to get paid um, in cash. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like Oregon Trail. <laughs> where you just barter like the web yeah, exactly. is how it's like oregon trail like i'll give you six whitelist spots you give me this mint that's minting in three months and then maybe i'll give you a third-party cryptocurrency that just dropped an hour ago and then someone gets this entry and dies uh i don't <laughs> think that's how you say the word um but anyways dysentery uh, <laughs> when, I, when i when i look at this uh the art on this collection this makes me think that the war on drugs was a big failure because kids <laughs> didn't stop doing drugs. They just couldn't get normal drugs and they started doing like research chemicals and like mixing stuff in their bathtubs. And this is what this is what you get. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. This is what 40 years of war on drugs resulted in right here. Yeah. I mean, look, for ladies and gentlemen, we have the the artwork on the screen. I mean, I would have thought that it was gonna pump. I think people must just think that guy is weird, and that's why it's well, no, not it's pumping. Like the, found, the founding team literally dumped into blur bids before <laughs> it publicly minted. So, like, people were farming blur bids because, like, you can farm, you can set blur bids before, like, the collection actually mints. You have like, one you hour. An, yeah, an hour. You get, like, an hour of free bid farming, and the team literally just minted <laughs> and dumped into the blur bids. Like... Dumped, like, they minted uh, it three hours before the mint. Was just like, oh, this is the treasury wallet, whatever. Not a big deal. Public mint happened, so everyone like ramped up the blur bids, not thinking the team was going to dump into them. And the team literally just attacked the bid walls. Like I'm talking two, three hundred, just demolished them. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Look, you can't say it's not NFT native. That's for sure. You can't say it's not NFT native. I get annoyed when people that, you know, we get services from want to get uh, paid in like, like, remember, we had to pay that team in Solana. I was like, why? Like, you're going to make us buy Solana and send you Solana. Can we just like give you cash or uh, like USDC or something? But anyway, OK, so the blocky Doge thing is a very strange move from the founder of Dogecoin. Uh, he asked to be on our morning show and we said no after catching a vibe. So uh, yeah, not exactly a quote unquote thought leader. It's not like if Gary V comes on your show and the audience explodes. Um, proof price action. We got Moonbirds at 3.1 ETH being more resilient than Doodles and Clonex. Is this because of the diamond nesting rewards and the anticipated Moonbirds mythics? And what happens after those things happen? I'm curious. Uh, I think Moonbirds keep going up. I genuinely do. I really? Think Moonbirds is, yeah. So I, I was actually like a lot of the, the big difference with like when you look at Clonex, Doodles and Moonbirds, three projects that have all since seen very similar price action. However, Doodles and Clonex have now gone sub three ETH. Whereas Moonbirds have actually rebounded fairly nicely. And I think a lot of it is because they figured out their like 
their phrase. They're like, what is the one sentence that describes your project? And for them, they're like, we're the art collector's PFP. And I was like, that's a home run. There's none other that's really in that niche. It's very hyper-focused, tailored on a specific group. You can definitely find 10,000 people who genuinely just love digital art. Yep. And that's, it's that's, easy. It's kind of like vertically aligned with their core business, right, too, instead yep. of like trying to do nine different things. Like, yeah, wouldn't CryptoPunks be the art collector's PFP, though? Yeah. No, so, uh, no, so, Bunny, like, the thing is, right, when when Moonbirds came out with that with that tagline, right, that, like, that was their tagline. They did it. And then all of a sudden... CryptoPunks and I don't know, well, it was mainly CryptoComs come out and say, no, that's what we are. And I'm just like, well, you never named yourselves as that community, right? So it's just like, like that's what Moonbirds went with. That's their tagline. And I just think like uh, the punk community kind of trying to like almost uh, uh, sort of like monopolize that tagline for themselves. It's just like, I don't really like the the punk collectors are huge art collectors as well but um it's not really a tagline that i would sort of associate with them i kind of think punk punks for me are like just historical and in their own in their own category the like they're OGs. not even like the ogs i wouldn't even give yeah, them like the art it. collectors pfp for, for me they're like no, something the so separate Hard stop. They're o- they are the og they got them for free you showed up scanned the qr code and they just gave you a punk like that was what that's how they rolled out. The Moonbirds thing was like they've always been about art. They wanted to do a bunch of stuff with high rise. And I was actually like, if you remember way back, I was like, why do you even need to do this? Like way back before they launched it, and they didn't really have a great answer. And then they never did. And I think this is like the best path forward for Moonbirds because when you think about it, like even K Rose holds a ton of art blocks and a ton of other key things in the art side of it. This just makes the most sense for me. They had Gremlin do the oddities. He's an artist, well-regarded. And I think that you're going to continue to see really dope stuff and collaborations from that space, which keeps their vision centralized and hyper-focused on like this vertical, like Kick said, which that's how you actually get floor to go up. A clear vision, a clear path, and the elevator pitch is perfect. We're yeah. the art collector's PFP. Yeah, and I mean, to to go back to what Bunny said, the, th- the difference I think is that CryptoPunks are never going to get like an airdrop or anything. I think everybody understands that. Whereas if you buy a Moonbird, I'm assuming that there's going to be some sort of Grails variation. Grails, of course, the program that Proof has had for over a year now where they basically, you know, like they'll get Snowfro to make a piece and they'll allow their uh, holders to mint it. They do it in a fun way where you don't know what artist made what piece. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a very cool system that they have built. Uh, and so that's kind of the difference to me. They're saying, we're the art collector's PFP. You hold a Moonbird, you're going to get art. And what Easy was saying about having that clarity of vision, I think that that's a big deal in Web3 without question because there's a lot of uh, projects that don't have clarity. And secondly, I also think that Kevin Rose genuinely likes digital art. In fact, that might be the single most uh, passionate, like the the single thing that he's most passionate about in the Web3 space, like genuine passion is digital art. If you watch those videos that Proof puts out on YouTube, uh, when he talks about the digital art, you can tell he's like dead serious about it. Kix, do you still have your Moonbird? I, I don't know because you're not on the Twitter sp- stage, you know? Uh, I'm rocking my pudgy penguin right now because I, I only rock profile picks above 4E. Um, <laughs> But I do have my Moonbird. I just can't sell it, dude. I just love it. Hold on to my Moonbird. I also own a V2 Punk, which is actually uh, technically a V0 Punk. It's before the real Punks came out. This is the first contract. 
So I got I got skin in both of those races. But yeah, I still got my moon board. I like it. And uh, if it rockets back up, you know, that's a good rotation right there. My, my pudgy and my moonbird, that's a good PFP rotation right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ladies are bird heavy. For sure. <laughs> I, they're both birds. That is pretty funny. Uh, one is a flightless bird and one is a wise bird. And anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the sponsor of today's show is not a bird. It's a wild card. Wild card is a crypto, you know, Web3 game led by powerhouse co-founders and married couple Paul Bettner and Katie Drake Bettner. Uh, look, Wildcard is a team of straight-up game industry veterans. We couldn't be more excited about having them sponsor the show. They're a, a sponsor of honor, if you will. And they have decades of development experience on games like, maybe you've heard of them, Age of Empires, Halo Wars, uh, and yeah, Words with Friends. Like, Go look up the founders of Words with Friends on Google and let me know who it is. So retweet the pin tweet at the top for a chance to win one of three allow list spots those are some coveted allow list spots. I want one of those, but obviously I'm not going to win. One of the listeners of this show is going to win for the upcoming Mint that's happening on 420. Tune in later in the show, and we are going to be interviewing the team and providing our free NFT password because we have a free NFT today, as we do most days. So make sure you're ready uh, at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com to claim that free NFT. Uh, look, last story, we got this Truth Labs um, contract migration to a royalty-enforced uh, contract. Easy. do you think that we're going to see more of that? I do. I really do. And we and like that's actually really interesting because we've started to see it on Solana. So Solana rolled out PNFTs. And at first, I was like very outspoken against them because I thought there would be like a, another extra step for a transaction to basically like cause that change. And the benefit is like with Sol, you can actually migrate the existing NFT. On ETH, you can't. So they're actually reminting NFTs. And we saw it with the uh, with Ponds and the Frogs. So the Plague did it. Yep. Um, and now we're seeing it with Goblin Town. So what's my only issue with this is like on the Goblin Town side of things, they've raised multiple millions off of royalties. Like, like over five million. Yeah, multiple millions, which is a huge amount. And now they're trying to go back to it and actually migrating all of their NFTs. So if you saw that placeholder, it mentions every single one in the uh, the Illuminati group. With uh, the, I think that's what they are, right? Yeah, Illuminati NFT. Yeah, so all of them are migrating to enforced royalty contracts. And for me, it's like, yeah, I understand that royalties have a ecosystem, but you could find like another revenue generating opportunity to actually be able to figure out how to like continue to incentivize instead of just forcing the hand on royalties. So it makes me think that like they're going to do this change and then drop a bunch of announcements to drive volume, which to each their own, it's, it's their business. It's how they want to manage it. But I do think you're going to see more NFTs go this route, but even more so new NFTs will have enforced royalties. Like you look at D-Gods when they migrated, they have enforced royalties that are at 0.33% on Blur. I do think that ends up going up to like 3.33, like they have been across collections. But new NFTs will most likely have enforced ones at the contract level, which we've already started to see. So these older ones are all trying to like shift and still capture that because the market has shown like they will still trade assets with royalties. Like that's not pricing or stopping people from trading. The tougher part though is like if Goblin Town comes out over 5%, I think it's going to just – it's going to cause a lot more issues because there is like this mental number. Like right now, if you're sub 5% royalties, people are way more eager and open to just pay them and trade the asset because like it doesn't cut into gains as aggressively. Whereas when you go to that 5 to 10% range, it basically destroys volume. And like 
You look at Cubs, which is 9% enforced royalty, and you don't see a lot of frequent sales on it because of that. But when they do have sales, it's all short succession, high run-up, low number listed. And even Captains has like fairly high royalties. Um, but I think eventually, like over time, we're going to see marketplace fees sub 1%. We're going to see royalties sub 3%. Marketplace fees sub 1% needs to happen right now. It's like ridiculous that it hasn't already happened. Uh, the thing about this, well, it technically, technically kind of is because like OpenSea removed their their thing temporarily. So like OpenSea's at 0% right now. Blur's at 0%. I do think that if they come, if they both start charging a fee, it'll be sub 1%. I do think we're pretty close to that. Yeah, it's it it's, it's necessary a thousand because I mean you're doing all the transactions. If you can't figure out how to make a business work when you're doing all the transactions, then uh, sorry, you're gonna have to. You're just not gonna make it. The one thing I don't like about this Truth Labs royalty thing is the messaging associated with it. It's kind of leaning in. I like it's honestly I don't even want to read it. It's kind of cringe. Um, it, but and it's like kind of leaning into the whole like sort of political side of royalties, which is like kind of really weird. Um, so I don't know about that. We'll have to see how the performances of the collections post, uh, migration, but I do agree with easy. And I do think that at the end of the day, we're going to see more and more, uh, you know, royalty enforced contracts. I don't know if Bunny and Signal have any comments on this before we move on, uh, just on Truth Labs and anything that we're seeing there. Signal? I actually yeah, think I'm... the art that they changed it to looks better than the original Goblin Town art. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Bunny. Signal? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think like uh, at the end of the day, the market will do what the market wants to do and enforcing royalties will obviously be a direction that some projects take. But I, um, I just think most NFT businesses will just have to think outside of royalties and sooner rather than later. Um, I I see all of this as just a race to zero and there'll be some platforms like Artblocks where they'll have their platform where they want to protect royalties and people who want to sell, you know, artist work will obviously go and use uh, those platforms. But it's, you know, um, <laughs> when OpenSea came out with their um, like 0% fees, it kind of felt like one of those credit card statements, you know, like credit cards are like, come in, it's just 0% for the first three months. And then three months later, your APR is back up at 45%. And you're just like, what, like, what the hell just happened? So I just think there's a lot of moving pieces here that uh, founders of projects are not in control of, and they have to control what they can control and trying to have diversified revenue streams and not just relying on royalties being 60 to 80% of um the project is is it just like it just puts the business at risk and like in the same way we saw with um silicon valley bank that depositors were mainly uh tech companies uh that meant they were very flighty which meant you have very high deposit risk like you need to have that diversification across any portfolio so you just minimize risk and minimize the ability for your business to just go um well to just to just be shut overnight so i i just think that's a direction that we'll see more than like the new projects moving towards and i think again going back to meme land you're seeing them do that in in like in in many different ways and i think new projects will have to continue to do that as well. Yeah, making and, and, products people want to use and having a token that is the uh, you know, the currency of that product economy kicks go ahead. Uh one thing real quick, Sarah Script said OpenSea is back to 2.5%. I didn't know that. So it looks like they already uh reinstated that revenue generator, but I just think it's kind of funny, you know, Goblin Town uh in terms of all-time volume top 30 projects, 61,000 ETH. 
in secondary volume. Uh, in NFTs, we always talk, you actually own the asset, right? Like it's this is different than Web2 because you actually own it. Well, guess what? If you owned a Goblin Town, they just updated the metadata on your NFT and it's absolutely worthless unless you migrate it. <laughs> like, just think about that. Like, that is, that is, it's, there's some ironies in, in NFTs right now, you know, that it, these are very centralized, even though we say that these are like decentralized. They are 100% attached to what the project does. Of, of course. Whenever yeah. like crypto and NFT people talk about decentralization, I just like laugh because it's like, unless you're talking about Bitcoin, you're not talking about nothing. There's no decentralization. And that's not a bad thing, but I'm just, it's just funny. It's almost like looking at an orange and being like, that's an apple. It's like, no, it's not. But oranges are still good. I like oranges. No problem. Yeah, I'll eat an orange. Dude, I also think the decentralization argument is like the most over like like wanted thing. Like people love to be like, "Oh, dude, it's a decentralized economy." Like, bro, Grandma Gertrude does not care about decentralization. <laughs> if we want like people to dive into the space, at some point they're going to want something to lean on. Like I don't see a brand entering the space where like god forbid somebody in marketing clicks a phishing link and all budget is at zero because they just got drained. You know, like there's things in place where like people and participants aren't going to be like hyper focused on decentralization because like that is a point. And like, if you want it to your point, Bitcoin's completely decentralized. Whereas you look at these other chains and like centralized chains are probably going to do most of the onboarding because there is a center, like a, a center point that people can go back to and be like, I need help with X, Y, Z. And that then gets resolved, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, straight up. And we're going to talk to Paul uh, from Wildcard in just a few minutes. That's today's sponsor. I also, I see people in the comments commenting on artist royalties. As soon as you bring up royalties, the politics come out. I just want to remind everyone, I'm not trying to be a jerk. If if there isn't legitimate volume on your collection, which 99.9% .9 of NFT projects do not have legitimate volume, it doesn't matter if you, you got royalties or not uh, because, you know, there's no volume. So the number one thing is to get people to buy your collections every single day. Uh, don't worry about royalties until that's happening. You need to have people buying your collections every damn day for it to matter at all. And it still is not going to matter that much. Um, you need like insane volume for royalties to be a legitimate part of a, of a business. Uh, before we start talking to Wildcard and start talking to Paul Easy, is there anything else that you're looking at in the market right now? I'm looking at the usual suspects on the top 100 of, of OpenSea. Nakamigo's still in the top 10. I'm sure Bunny loves that. 0.71 ETH floor. Uh, but anything else that you're looking at uh, right now in the market, Easy? Yeah, so I mean... For me, right now, there's a Solana project dropping on Monday called The Heist. Mm. It's uh, built by a very strong team that made Remnants, and Remnants has the highest traded SPL token of all time. Mm -hmm. Completely no liquidity pool behind it. This upcoming one, they've called it like a Wolf Game style risk to earn on Soul. Game will be live right at mint, instant reveal. I do have pre-sale on it that I bought like four or five months ago for like maybe three or four NFTs. I actually have no memory of it, but I do want to buy more of them on any dip that I can get Monday and actually play the game because the team has shown a ton of experience. I'm really excited about it. And then obviously the uh, this entire ecosystem from the East that's seeing a lot of growth. We have He Dongs minting at 11 and there's a predecessor collection, which I talked to you about last night. And we I picked some up in the Nifty Company wallet. So we're making a trade on this as well. It's called Ivy Boys. I think that we saw them pump to 0.25. Their all-time high was 0.45. With Hedong having all of the Spirit Azukis bidding on it, just to be in the top 10 for no one even knows what. You have nine gag tweeting about it. 
that's a play I picked up a bunch of these sub point two because I just continue to see this trickle down effect. We've now seen Cubs run from point seven to one point four. We now are we've seen ordinal Cubs run from point one to point three. So now I'm continuing to watch this trickle down and Ivy Boys being the predecessor to Hedong with the hype today behind that mint happening. I'm sitting here like, what's stopping this from at least seeing point three to point four? I'm hoping for that clean two X just because we continue to see trickle down across that whole ecosystem. So right now the market is active, but you just got to try to like find your spots. I completely missed Reddit avatars. Sadly, we saw the triple crown, which I had talked about or the triple King, which I did talk about on the morning show yesterday, come out the gate at one ETH. So for a $200 mint selling for 1800 bucks, like clean nine X, you know? So there was, there's still plays, but it is very siloed liquidity. So like now's the perfect time in my opinion to sit down and like start to research where money is still flowing and try to find the opportunities that seem to be lagging. And those are kind of the ones that I've been looking at. Love it. Yeah, I, I without hesitation, you told me about that collection at the NFT 100 event last night. Uh, and I went without hesitation when I got home, bought eight of them. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm riding with you. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's a speculative bet, but it feels good. Right now, it does feel good. What? So ladies and gentlemen, the NFT 100 dinner thing was uh, last night. I guess some people were like upset. It's like, don't don't be too upset. It's just like a dinner. And like honestly, if you went like it's not that electric. Look, this is not a roller coaster ride. If you want to have a lot of fun, go to Six Flags. But anyway, uh easy, you left early. What did you do? What did you get into? Dude, yeah, it was uh I ended up leaving with a few people and ended up at some like VC event. I was so out of place. Wow. Like, I was so out of place. I met a few people over there. Uh, I met the team from Internet Games, which was like my favorite conversation cuz I Gr love Internet Games. Grish, Krish. Yeah. Yep. Actually, yeah, he's a good guy. So he was just really friendly. And I told him like, dude, I've played every internet games, including the Solana one. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, like you guys did something fun. That was cool and innovative. He's like, yeah, people are just mad that like the price is down. I'm like, dude, it's a game. Like the point was to play it. Uh, so that was like probably my favorite conversation. And then I met up with Bunny. So me and Bunny had a good time, saw a bunch of people from the Solana side of things. Uh, should be kicking off more today. Got a couple events I'm excited about, but yeah, NFT knows it was cool. The timeline was I guess that people didn't make the list, bro. It's a, I didn't make the list. Like shout out the nifty. I mean, I mean, technically you did. Like the nifty made the list. It's not like I'm. I don't know what to say. So I don't want to drop the person's name. And I brought it up on my morning. So the first sentence that was said to me when I got there was, "Dude, are you mad you didn't make the list?" And I was like, "Bro, I do not care. Like it's a list that six people in a room sat down and said, all right, these 100 people are on it. If like it really upsets you that much.'" that there's like a lot of other things that are going to upset you in life. Well, you just focus the most arbitrary list. You're focused on the wrong shit. Exactly. You focus on the wrong thing. It's like when, uh, whenever a founder is excited about the sellout of their NFT project, like the difference between like a legit founder in the space and not is if, if someone's wicked excited, like super excited about the sellout of the primary sale, that, that's a big red flag. Because that's like being wicked excited about a funding round. And it's like, well, guess what? Now you have to like work for years every day. So like that's, you know, a little bit different. Uh, all right. Well, look, anyway, we have a guest of honor who happens to be a sponsor of today's show. This kicks ass. This is uh, what I wake up in the morning for. We have Paul Bettner of Wildcard. This is going to be fun. Gaming industry legend. What's up, Paul? 
What's up? What's up? Thanks a lot for having me. Good morning, guys. Good morning. So I've I've talked about it on the show already, but if people are just joining, you know, today's sponsor is Wildcard. Paul and the gang from Wildcard have some insanely notable titles under their belt. And I know I keep saying it. Paul's probably embarrassed because he's a humble guy. But I'll say it one more time. The founders of Words with Friends. You want to talk about viral mobile games Words with fucking friends. Excuse my French, Paul. I don't know if that was the original working title of the you game. It was. And you know what? Like, you got to give a little context because it was enormous in the West here. We have over half a billion players in that game, which like, I just, but it actually wasn't big in the East because it's like an English language game or whatever. So there might be some folks tuning in that aren't familiar with the game, but it's one of the top five mobile games of all time. Uh, so up there with Candy Crush, Angry Birds, you know, <laughs> one of the top five mobile games of all time. Well, uh, I probably won't ever succeed like that. But hey, it's great that Paul and the gang of Wildcard did. And then obviously Age of Empires for all you you folks. That, what are the real time strategy? Is that yeah, RTS? Yes, yes RTS. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Age of Empires legendary game. Kicks, you unmuted. I'm sure you're you're smitten right now or whatever the word would be. How you doing, Kicks? Oh, dude, doing great. I mean, Age of Empires literally like defined my childhood <laughs> in, in term in terms of like it was one of this was back. I know all these young people don't know. You used to have to get CDs. You had to load That's them into right. the computer. Right. I still got right? the, in, this, in this room. I got the gold CD master, the signed one from making that game. So yeah, exactly, man. Big fan. I, I grew up also uh, with Age of Empires. I grew up making it. I actually came out here to Dallas when I was nineteen to work on that game and just to, to ship Damn. Age one. I was there at that studio, Ensemble Studios, for 12 years. So I kind of grew up making Age of Empires games. Age 1, Age 2, Age of Mythology, Age 3. Then we worked on Halo Wars. I still Wars. play Age 3 to this <laughs> day. I still fire it up and let it rip. Dude, you I'm know such a age, big fan. Age 2 actually had its best year last year. We're going to talk about the stakes. This is what we're aiming for with Wildcard. But like the, the fact that we worked on a game, and this was always our dream, right? That, that we were trying to create something that was evergreen. That, that we could imagine people still playing like, 20 years later, which is a crazy idea. And yet Age of Empires 2 on Steam had its best year last year. Most players, most downloads. Yeah, it's crazy. The remastered version. So I didn't I know you guys also made Age of Mythology because like yeah, that was my one. Like I absolutely loved that game. And I got a crack in the CD and it was like <laughs> devastating. It was like <laughs> devastating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should send you another one. <laughs> oh, no. Mythology, I know it has a special place in people's hearts. That was like, that was kind of like our side franchise where we let ourselves do something different. We, we had huge debates in the studio of like, should we call it Age of Empires like th that or should we call it something else? We decided to call it Age of Mythology and like kind of let ourselves loose a little bit. And it really found a special place for a certain audience. Not everybody loves that game. Most people say Age 2 is their favorite, which I, which I get. It's my favorite too. Um, but I'm glad to hear Easy saying age three. That that one I don't get as often. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, love to hear it. So look, we're we're here to talk about wild cards. So obviously that that was the past. Those are the successes that you had in gaming before this. What's the story with wild card? Why Web three? You know, why is this the next chapter for you? I have been in Web three and crypto now for several years, like you guys. And honestly, I think we're all waiting for the same thing. We're waiting for. Web3 Gaming to really arrive. And Wildcard is here to be one of Web3's first truly great games. It's kind of amazing that I can sit here and say that still, right? Because it's 2023, and yet, if we're completely honest with ourselves, and there's some great games and game teams and game... Like, I'm a huge fan, by the way, of Cyber Stadium. I didn't realize that it was you on the call like when, we were, when I was talking to P.O. initially, and I'm like, 
wait, that's you guys? Like, because I just, I love what you guys are doing. I'm hugely inspired by it. It has a lot to do with what we're doing with Wildcard. But this, the, the difference between, I think, what we're doing, you guys were talking about it earlier on the show. There's this sort of next generation of founders and teams that are, are going to be showing up this year, are starting to show up. These are the folks who, who honestly raised tremendous amounts of money right at the top. If you look at like the graph of like Web3 investment, Right at the beginning of 2022 and the 2021, there was like it was it was the absolute peak. That's what happened with us. We raised 46 million dollars from Paradigm, from Griffin, from some of our existing investors. Uh, and and the crazy thing is, we had already put about eight million of our own money, of Words of Friends money, Age of Empires money, you know, into the creation of Wildcard. So for us, like I think the difference with this kind of next generation of games that you're going to see showing up in Web3 this year and next year. Um, is these are the teams that aren't just like being rapidly assembled and trying to ship something in a few months. These are the teams like us who have actually been making games together for 20 years. You know, like th th this is, I think, a unique thing also about the wildcard team. We're not like one of these brand new Web3 teams where you got like this guy from Riot and this guy from Amazon and this other guy from YouTube or whatever. If you look at like the resumes, and we're all docs, by the way. So if you look at our careers, this is actually the same team that's been working together for 20 years. And to me, that's that's the most special thing. That's where some of the greatest stuff comes from. It's not just one person. It's when you see a group of people that has been consistently doing work, shipping amazing stuff. And in our particular case, our unique thing is we have, I, I don't know, it's like so, some sort of like shared like uh, personality flaw or whatever, but we just continuously throw ourselves at these new technologies where we believe that gaming has a chance to break out and to be something even more than it was before. So we were one of the first iPhone game companies. Like it all sounds great when we talk about words of friends, but I swear when I left age of empires to work on that, and I was working on halo wars at the time, all my other game developer friends were like, what the f are you doing, man? Like, why would you want to make phone games? This was like during flip phones and like the iPhone had just came out. Everybody thought it was a terrible idea, but I was like, no, I, I really think that, that, this is going to be something that allows us to make brand new types of games and experiences. And it's going to expand the audience. That's exactly what I see in web three now. Well, I look at that early to mobile games now early to web three games. I mean, I I'd love to think about where we're at in these kind of cycles. And when you, now that the bull run is over, so to speak, right, you look back and it's like, Oh, I remember like September, October, November, turns out that was the top. I just wonder where we're at now. Like, oh yeah, I remember April, you know, May, June of 2023, and all these kind of gaming entities were starting to roll out. Like, obviously, Kicks has Cyber Stadium. We're talking to you right now. I see friends of the show, Bored Elon and, and Elio Trades in the crowd, oh, yeah. making yeah. their own gaming. You know, Elio Trades with his imposters, making their own gaming ecosystems. Uh, wh where do you see this going in the, over the next year? Like we have a mint for your collection in just about a week, eight days That's from right. now on the 20th. Wh wh where are things going? Like when is the game playable and, and what's next? So because we've been working on wildcard now for five or six years, the game is already playable. We are playing it. Can't confirm it's playable. <laughs> it is playable. I've played it. It slaps. <laughs> and, and, and Paul, Paul, I, I, I got a question for you. Just yeah, go kicks. Just for like people that don't know exactly what type of game this is, it's it's like a MOBA and like an yes. arena battler kind of game, right? So you, yeah. you have a character, they there's a bunch of different characters to choose from. They all have different abilities, right? And you're fighting in like a team-based kind yeah. of scenario. We, we had this dream to like bring that sort of like Pokemon fantasy of like you're a creature trainer and you're like fighting together with your creatures. But you look at those games like Pokemon, they're a lot slower, they're turn-based, they're, they're kind of more abstract. 
And our idea was like, can we bring that, that visceral feeling of like, I'm down in the arena, I'm fighting together with my monsters. It feels more like a professional sporting event. Even like that was our idea is like Pokemon meets football kind of thing, like NFL. And, And I think the potential for that is so huge. Like the original, so you guys heard me say, we've been working on wildcard for five or six years. That means Wildcard started its life before Web3, before, right. before we were even kind of keyed in on that. And the amazing thing about Wildcard is, unlike a lot of Web3 projects where it's it's kind of like you start with the solution of the blockchain and then you're like, okay, what are we going to make around that? Like, what, what problem can we go find to, that this can solve? In our case, we started Wildcard with this vision of creating a game that was as much fun to watch as it is to play and could be nice. this like next genera- generation spectator sport. Yeah. And we were trying to like... Create, we've been trying to create this new type of connection between the competitor down on the field and what has started happening in games where you have tens of thousands of people tuning in to watch other people play and compete. And yeah. the blockchain and crypto is actually the solution to that problem for us, which is really, I, really exciting. I, yeah, I, I love that. And there's uh, there's been some games, like I remember a Battle Royale game where like spectators could kind of influence the map or yeah, like drop down care packages. Um, <laughs> Yeah, th- this is really, really cool. And so it, it's like an arena battler, right? But my understanding yes, is that yes. it's like like a Dota, like the characters are always static, right? Like you're always getting like this. Yeah, and it's, and it's like top down. You're not like down there with the exactly. champion fighting in the arena. And so Wildcard brings that to life. It's also kind of the progression of what has happened with real-time strategy games. So like I still, you know, we go back and play Age 2 all the time and, and we love that game. But strategy games have got have sort of headed in this direction of becoming more rapid, more immersive, more real time. And you, you know, you got the evolution from RTSs to MOBAs like League of Legends, then to auto battlers and the games like Clash yep. Royale on mobile, which was a huge hit. Wildcard has the feeling of Clash Royale. It's like it's like more of a condensed MOBA, but yeah. you're actually summoning the creatures. I, I wanted to answer this question that Pio had. Um, we're asking like where we're going. And so yeah. this is the craziest thing because you know, I, I'm a crypto trader too. Like I'm in the space, I get it. And so I know that the market's the market and we can't control the market. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to do whatever. But when I look at the game that we're building and the game that, that a handful of other studios are, are like with truly amazing teams, talent that are that are bringing these these games to, to the market finally that are just truly fun. Like they're not fun because it's fun to trade the assets or fun because we want to get the NFTs. Like that's also the case, but they're just great games. And I look at that and I'm like, so how do you fade that? Like, like if, if there's a game that comes out that is like as good as Rocket League or League of Legends or Clash Royale, like the market, like it's going to be fun and it's going to find millions of players, whatever the market does, you know? And so like, yeah. I look at that and I'm like, that's going to be the amazing thing. And it's just like I said in the beginning, it's crazy to be in this place where that hasn't happened yet. Because I remember in mobile and at that point, I didn't really know. But those first brands that planted the flag and were like, we are the first good games on mobile. This was, like I said, the Angry Birds, the Clash Clash of Clans, the Candy Crush and Words of Friends. Those became evergreen games. Like those franchises came out of nowhere and like the EAs of the world and Activision, whatever, they had no chance but to like acquire them later because they hadn't moved fast like that. And we're seeing the same thing happening in gaming right now. Like the big studios and the big publishers have tried to like kind of dip their toe into Web3 a little bit. And then the audience of gamers is like, no, they're really negative on it. And so they kind of have to pull back. Yeah. And it leaves this like blue ocean opportunity for studios like us to plant that flag again. 
Um, yeah. And it's, it's going to be amazing. It's incredible. And so, look, the, the mints on, on the 20th, nice, 420, at, uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern. And so it's 4,444 supply. It's on Magic Eden. and. And it's Maddox. It's Polygon? It's- yes, yes. Awesome. So we have we have incredibly tight relationship with Polygon because the guy who you might know if you've watched any of the Polygon podcasts, where his name is Chad, he lives three blocks that way, and he used to work on Wildcard. So, oh, awesome. so we just have this amazing connection with the Polygon team, and then we recently formed a connection with the Magic Eden team because they kind of had the this the, the thing that that Easy did. They came in, they played the game, they lost their mind. This was like a year ago. They were so excited about it. They were like, just honestly like in my dms every month like can we work together can we work together and they weren't supporting polygon yet so we're like well we can't because we have this partnership anyway now we're working together with them and they're amazing they're all gamers like real gamers all of them too like actual like they got twitch partners on the team like you're as legit as it gets and they even launched the magic eating game side of things so like coming from the solana side myself seeing the growth and expansion it's pretty clear that they're putting a lot of their cards into the gaming side no they all all i think they all believe the same thing which is that like when uh, just even the first, but the first couple of games show up that are actually good games, the the scale that we're used to operating at is hundreds of thousands of players a day, millions of players a day. Like, you know, I, I was talking to like Polygon originally. I remember this conversation where they were like, you know, our blockchain could do like 30 or 40,000 transactions per second. And I'm like, guys, like at the peak, Words of Friends was doing 300,000 moves per second. So like, yeah. I, I, I hear you. That sounds great. But like I helped build the servers that did 10x that. So like Dude. that's cool, you know. But anyway, this scale that 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 a, the great games, even good games, is going to bring into Web3. And this is the thing, like I, I was talking to Pio yesterday. Like our our vision right now is we want to bring Web3 to the promised land of gaming. Like that's yeah. it's crazy that it hasn't happened. I don't think we're gonna be the only ones to do it. Like I said, I, yeah. I've seen the investment. I know the other studios that are out there cranking on actually good games. But when it happens, it's going to like overnight 10x this entire space. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a wave. Yeah, you guys are going to break the the blockchain. No one's going to be able to take the cyber stadium. You're like, we're trying to play a thousand. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I, I just had a quick question for you. So how does the collectible aspect work? Because I'm really intrigued by that. I played a lot of MOBAs, a lot of arena battlers. Like I played a World of Warcraft. Like 3v3 arenas like blew my mind. I love like arena battlers. I love MOBAs. Played a lot of Dota. Played a lot of Heroes of the Storm. But they're static. The characters are always static. So how does like the collectible aspect work? Yeah, in- so, so we, this, is, this is actually why we've been working on the game for six years. Because answering that question was the hardest freaking yeah. thing. Like, because we had this vision initially of like, okay, we love those games like you're mentioning. And like one yeah. of the creators of Wildcard was one of the same creators of Hearthstone. So like awesome. we have that pedigree, right? But yeah, those games are, are turn-based, they're slow, they're, they're, you know, they're much more methodical. And But we're like, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if when you put down that card, it summoned a creature and you were really down yeah. there on the battlefield? And we started with that vision and literally took us three years to even make that work. Because it was like, we would, we would go to these playtests and people would be like, well, I was really focused on my champion and I, I didn't even look at my hand of cards. Like I was too busy yeah. running around punching things. And then we would like dial in the other direction and we'd watch people just like standing there. Like they weren't doing yeah, they're, they're not moving. They're just yeah, playing they're, like, the cards. Through their cards. Yeah. So finding that right balance. I mean, it's all the things you might imagine. It was like, how many cards can we put in someone's hand? How complicated can the creatures be, etc. Like where we ended up with was the creatures all have their own behaviors, their own AIs, and you're like collaborating with them as a champion. So it's kind of like the role of a quarterback and the rest of their team. That's yeah. where we ended up going. So it's like 
you're down on the field, you're summoning your team, and then you're fighting together with them. And then as they kind of get decimated and you get pushed back, you run back to your base, you summon some more creatures, you go across the field with and them. And that's why you compared it to Clash Royale, where yeah, you're like yes. you're like kind of managing the math and managing the movement of your your I mean, I am so excited for this game. <laughs> <laughs> that's also, I just wanted to say real quick, Kicks, like I am super excited about what you guys are building too, because part of the vision for wildcard is exactly the vision you guys are pursuing with cyber stadium. So in traditional games with a game like wildcard, you tend to get two businesses, right? You get like yeah. the game and the IP itself. And then you get the, the whole business around the competition of the game, which is yeah. like what you guys are doing in cyber stadium where with player, you know, prize pools and everything else. Yeah. That's, that's, I think the real promise for games like this is yeah. we're, we're going to be the ones building the game and IP, but we want our community to be the ones owning that decentralized value of the competitive yeah. economy. Cause it's huge. Yeah. Like the, and it's real, like obviously esports and, and those things, like they had a bull and a bit of a crash, but it doesn't matter the, the, the value there, the streamers and the competitors, it's super real. And there's tremendous value there that can be owned by the community. And that's why you're leaning into this spectator thing too. I mean, with Twitch TV and everything like that, like gaming in and of itself is changing. Like a lot of people want to be participators yes. in esports, but they, they don't be, have the skill cap to actually like be in the arena, you know, playing against some of the also, top players. Also, especially in Web3, you get a bunch of people who aren't necessarily the people who are going to be the competitors themselves, yes. but still want to be a part of that ecosystem. Maybe they want to own a team. Maybe they want to be a, a manager or a coach. Or maybe they just want to show up with like some valuable collectibles in the arena and actually be rewarded for being like, dude, I got this OG, you know, card that that one of my play like like I was I was there for when Ninja played and he threw this yeah. card up in the stands and I caught it and landed in my wallet. We actually That's did awesome. that in February. We had a live airdrop inside the game to some to the fans who were tuning in on Discord and showing up in the stadium. So like that's the future, man. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I love how you guys are tapping and you're not just making a web two game and saying, here's some NFTs. Like you're actually yeah, trying yeah. to utilize the 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 true ethos of web three, <laughs> which is where we're gonna unlock it's gotta, like, it's gotta be that way. When I was yeah. working on mobile games initially, and and the first thing, I'll be completely honest, because Pio's like, you know, yeah, you guys made boards and friends. Actually, what we started to do was we started to make Age of Empires for the phone for like the first like several months. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I this is not, I mean, you could, I can make this game, but if I'm completely honest, how are people going to play games on their phone? They're going to play them like on the toilet, in the line for the grocery, you know, whatever. So I can't really, it's not made for this kind of thing. It's made for more of a game like Words of Friends, meant to be made, played in a few seconds. And that's the thing with Web3. For the studios that are willing to like truly make something brand new and embrace this, it won't just be about bolting on NFTs. Web3 really does have the opportunity to change games and create something new. And that's what we're here for. Well, I mean, look, I'm not even a gamer and I'm excited. I'm going to be participating as a non-gamer, which I think says a lot. Um, you know, awesome. the gaming movement in Web3 is so fascinating. It also seems like Polygon is taking uh, the majority of the quality talent. So it's interesting to see that happen. Yeah. Um, so look, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in this Mint in Wildcard, uh, it's on the 20th of April, 420. Very nice. Uh, at 12 p.m. Eastern on Magic Eden with Matic. So make sure that you, you got your, it's only it's only 44 Matic. So yeah, it's like uh, it's gas gas price on ETH. Um, and yeah. uh, <laughs> go, go get yeah. some. <laughs> I paid 10 times that when I minted exactly. my damn other deeds. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so follow the wild card Twitter account. You see it there. You guys got that gold check too. We got to sync with you yeah, on how you got do. that gold check. We want that. Um, so follow wild card. I mean, follow Paul's account uh, because yeah, 
I think you're going to be seeing more and more of Paul. Uh, so we got three winners, and I'm about to do the free NFT in just a second. I, we've got three winners for the the allow list, though, for wild card. Uh, yep, yep. So I've drawn drawn winners. You got to be in the crowd. So I'm just seeing if people are in the crowd here. So we got Luis uh, Mejia, M-E-J-I-A. I just invited you to the stage, Luis. So that's one. We got, let me see if this person is in the crowd. They are not. We get, and forgive us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a much better system for this in the future. We got El uh, Solado, Soldado. Uh, it's at MCFHSIEH. I've just invited you to the stage. Come on stage. Regardless, we'll get in touch with you. And last one we got is this, yeah, Icky Don Pepe. So uh, come on stage, Icky Don Pepe. I've invited all of you. And ladies and gentlemen, and Clemente, if we can see it on screen, go to the nifty.com for the free NFT claim inspired by Wildcard. That's T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com slash claim, C-L-A-I-M. The code word is all lowercase, Wild card, the word wild card, and then the number 10. Clemente, let's claim that and show the YouTube audience this artwork. If we can pin it to the, the uh, Twitter channel, that'd be awesome so, too. This is so sick. You guys did a great job. Oh, th thank you, Paul. We're excited. Oh, Clemente's got that hotel Wi Fi. It's going so slow. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's awesome. That is our champion lock merged with the nifty brand right there. The mighty mutt. I love it. <laughs> yep. So we got our character, uh, Buddy from Bodago's, uh, Easy's collection as the wild card character lock. Very exciting stuff. Uh, so w what's Locke's role in the ecosystem? So Locke's one of the first champions that we have debuted uh, alongside Bolgar. So, you know, like Kicks, you were asking about earlier. So Wildcard has different factions, kind of like the colors in Magic. Uh, a little bit, yeah. and so they all play differently. Locke is from uh, from the faction Kronos. It's kind of about time and, and energy manipulation, and like, and like, like blue, kind of like yeah, blue yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, and uh, and plays differently. Easy, I forget. Well, I don't remember who you played in the arena. It was we played as both. Yeah, we played okay, as both. Yeah. So I like Bulgar just because it's like the, a tank character when you yeah. come from like an MMO and just like smash and bash. Like that's my type of play style. I love to just attack head first and cause mayhem. That's Locke awesome. is a little bit more like ranged. More yeah. critical thinking, you can yep, slow yep. stuff down, speed stuff up. It's like way more strategy with Locke. And Bulgar is just like, I'm going to sprint head first and just destroy stuff. <laughs> so it's, it was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to play this like frequently. I'm so excited. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to see you back in the arena. Well, look, this has been such a jam. Paul, thank you for joining the show. Uh, so people can follow Wildcard on Twitter. The Mint's on the 20th, 12 p.m. Eastern. Have Matic ready. Go to Magic Eden. Anything else people need to know about Wildcard? No, man, you nailed it. Like I said, I just can't wait to help bring Web3 to the promised land of gaming and true mass market uh, game players because it's going to be wild, y'all. And I, I don't mean to say I didn't actually didn't mean to say that as a pun, but truly, like, I think that what we've all been hoping for and waiting for, which is that gaming revolution and that those millions of players that we know will show up when the games are great, it's coming. Wildcard is one of the first. And, uh, and we can't wait to see you in our Discord as players. Hell yeah. Well, check out Wildcard, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited about this. I'm a non-gamer and I'm excited to participate. The, the pedigree speaks for itself and it's going to be so cool to see it play out. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week right here on Twitter Spaces. It's all, also available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. One last monster shout out to the Wildcard team for sponsoring today's show. The Mint is on the 20th. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Paul. On the 20th, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 
on Magic Eden, have Matic ready. Little Wild Boy song in honor of the wild card team right here. Hope, hope it's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, y'all.